Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the simplicity of your word. It is simply profound and profoundly simple. Jesus is the way. We have tried to complicate this thing in so many different ways and so many different avenues and so many different concepts and ideas have tried to attach themselves to the cloak or the robe of Jesus. But all that flows through his robe is healing for mankind. So, Father, we thank you today for the simplicity of your word. Now, bless us as we dive into it, that you will give us the spirit of discernment, wisdom, and understanding. Open the eyes of our hearts right now, Lord, that we'll be able to see. And we thank you ahead of time for the victories you are about to bless us with. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, Again, thank you. Listen, uh, next week... uh, It's Thanksgiving, and I know because of uh, the pandemic, it's a little tough on folks. There's not going to be a whole bunch of family traveling or a whole bunch of family get-togethers. I know this time of the year, our two daughters would always come uh, to the house, and we'd go to the Florida Classic football game and watch Bethune-Cookman play FAMU and yell and scream and, you know, uh, be dressed out on our Bethune-Cookman gear. Well... Gang, no game this year. So both girls have decided to stay home. So uh, now my wife and I have to cook. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll survive. But uh, it's always nice when they come and they cook for us and we don't have to do anything, you know, uh, but lay back. But listen to me. You're alive. Your eternity is set if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is nothing to cry about. There's nothing to be angry or upset about. We are facing an incredible, nasty, horrible disease right now that is running rampant in our country. So whatever we have to do to make sure that we can cut that thing or slow it down or press it down, let's do that. I would rather sacrifice one Thanksgiving to be able to enjoy another hundred. So let's just do that. But from our hearts to you, however you celebrate this Thanksgiving this year, know that you have a lot to be thankful for because you are alive. Again, we're working on a series entitled The Kingdom Mission of the Church. The Kingdom Mission of the Church. And it's vitally important for us to really make sure that we stay connected as we go through this particular series because it is a bit long, but it is powerful. It's important for us to get this. Again, <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven, where God lives, God, when he created the earth, decided to extend his kingdom into the earth. So he created the heaven and the earth and, and, and this beautiful, incredible sphere that we live on. And then he placed man and woman in that sphere. And now he would come down in the cool of the day. There would be this connectiveness between God and man. His kingdom had been extended into the earth. Well, again, Satan interrupted that, caused sin to enter into the world. Sin severed the relationship between man and God. Therefore, God wanted to restore or redeem us to him. So he had to figure out a way 
to bring the kingdom back. And how did he do that? He did that through Jesus. Jesus, he sent his one and only son. He sent his one and only son. I'll say it one more time. He sent his one and only son where? To the earth. Born through the Virgin Mary. So that this perfect lamb can be born in the earth. Not born of Adam, but born of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, making it perfect as the sacrifice for us so we would be restored. God's plan worked. His kingdom has been restored. Now, to make the kingdom operate in the earth perfectly and continuously and eternally, he placed in the earth the church. The church, the Greek word for church is ecclesia. He placed the ecclesia in the earth. Ecclesia. Greek word that means legislative assembly. So the church is the assembly that speaks to the world, whatever the king wants. Jesus is the head of the ecclesia. Therefore, we, the church, speak his language. Whatever Jesus calls for is what we do. That is our mission. Does that make sense to everybody? So the simplicity of this is we're his body. Jesus is the head of the body. Now, it's easy for us to try to come up with all kinds of different kinds of missions. But the main mission of the ecclesia of the church is to make sure that the world knows Jesus. Why? Because he's the answer for the world today. So let's have some fun today. It says our mission is to teach the good news of the kingdom of God. Why? We'll find out as we go through the scriptures, that's what Jesus told us. He told us why he came. And he made it plain to us so we would understand. You know, I just have to go back because I had a fun time with praise and worship this morning. (laughs) Jesus is the answer. There is no other answer. Jesus is. So what we have to do is let Jesus be Jesus. Uh, The church has been known in some instances to try to make Christ what we want him to be. Instead of us dying to become what he wants us to be. So in John chapter 15, it gives us this beautiful analogy of a tree with branches. Now, the branch does not tell the tree what fruit should grow on it. The branch bears the fruit of the tree. How do we know an apple tree is an apple? Because the branches were bare apples. So we are the branch. God or Jesus is the tree. So what should be manifested through us is his fruit. Is this making sense to you today? So sometimes because his fruit can be hard for us to bear, we'd rather change the fruit. That's not how this works. See, his fruit And it tells us this in the Bible, what it is, kindness, compassion, love, these things. Sometimes that can be hard for us to bear because we don't like folks. We don't want to be around some folks. But that's what we are to bear as the branch. Does this make sense to you? So it's important for us to get this today. Exactly why our Savior came, exactly what he did to save us, and then what he tells us our mission should be. So we'll know what our mission is and we won't be confused. Somebody say amen. So let's go to our first verse. It's going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, and it's going to be in the Passion Translation. Um, We're going to have some fun today. 
because I really, really like this. Oh, and just in case anybody out there is having a hard time reading my T-shirt, it says faith over fear. Faith over fear. Just wanted to share that just in case somebody wants to call and say, what does T-shirt say? Okay, it's (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6. It says, yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom. This is Paul speaking. He says again, yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Even though I am chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. So Paul is saying, pray for me that I will preach the wonderful news of the kingdom. Why? Because people need to know that thy kingdom has come and thy will will be done in the earth. God has restored us, uh, reconciled us. So he wants to share that news. So he's praying that you will pray for him as he shares that wonderful news. But also he makes something extremely plain. Even though I am a prisoner, even though my circumstances are not what I like them to be, even though the, the environment of which I am in is not really cool for me to be in, I don't like it, it's hard, it's ugly, it's all of that stuff. He says something profound. He says, I am his ambassador. So no matter what my circumstances may be, I can never forget who I belong to. I belong to Jesus. So I am his ambassador. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the environment might be, I am his ambassador. That's Paul talking. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Well, listen, that's, let's, talk, let's see what Jesus says about this particular subject. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Again, this is amplified translation. It says, when daybreak came... Jesus left Simon Peter's house and went to a secluded place and the crowds were searching for him and they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, listen closely, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. To the other cities also, because I was sent for this purpose. Let me stop there for a second. We'll come back and finish that. Jesus said he has to preach the good news of the kingdom because he was sent for this purpose. Can we see it now? Can we see why God caused him to come to the earth? How God caused him to be born of Mary and not of man. So he could come here and then preach that God's kingdom has come. God, and he even told us, he said, pray like this. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Why does he know that? Why does he tell us to pray that way? Because he knows he is the one who was bringing the kingdom back. He is going to restore, reconnect, reconcile us that God's extension His kingdom in the earth will be good. It will be wonderful. So he's telling us that was his purpose. I think this is important. Sometimes we chop up 
the word of God and lead away from its continuum. Jesus died so we would have everlasting life. The Holy Spirit came so we could be born again. See, these are not individual entities. They are on one continuous continuum that all of these things work together for our good. So Jesus died as the lamb. He washed us clean. So we are now able to be reconciled to God. The Holy Spirit causes us to die so that our past lives can be over. They can be forgotten and we can move forward with our new lives. And then we become the instruments. We become the legislative assembly of Jesus. All of this stuff is working perfectly in line. Sometimes we kind of chop it up. We'll have churches that only talk about the Holy Spirit and talking, you know, and speaking in tongues. We'll have churches that only talk about this subject. Or we have churches that only talk about this subject. I need you to know all of them. Not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that all of this stuff should be together. It's a continuum that leads and gives us understanding that God's kingdom is here. One other thing. Whenever Moses led the people out of Egypt, God had promised them that they were going to the promised land. So Moses is leading these people out of darkness, out of bondage, out of being oppressed to a freedom, to a place that was different than the circumstances that they were in. So he's leading them to the promised land. The promised land was promised by God. That's why it's called the promised land. So as Moses is leading these people to the promised land, once they get there, they are able to enjoy fruit, trees, plants, everything. They didn't plant anything. They didn't do anything. They're able to enjoy what was already prepared for them. I need you to know Jesus is better than Moses because he leads us to a land that God promised. What land is that? The kingdom. He leads us into the kingdom and God has already prepared the kingdom for us. If you go back to Genesis, he made the earth. He made the garden of Eden. Adam and Eve didn't plant anything. They were able to eat and enjoy everything that was present. So Jesus is coming. He has come back to enter us into this new promised land. I sure hope you all understanding this today because it's important for us to get it. That was his purpose. And guess what? He made the door wide open for us to be able to enter in. It even says in the Bible, you can now go boldly into the throne room of God. You can go boldly. Why? Because sin no longer prohibits you from entering into the holies of holies. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has washed you clean. So he washed you clean so you could enter into this kingdom. Now, this kingdom doesn't have geographical borders, but it's a brand new realm. It's a place of peace. It's a place of joy. So it's a realm that we can live in, even though we're right in the world. So the scripture that says we are in the world, but not of the world. Why? Because we live in this realm. We live in the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. I sure hope that's making sense to you. Let me read this last verse here. It says, so he continued preaching in the synagogues of Judea 
the country of the Jews, including Galilee. What was he preaching? The, the good news of the kingdom of God. So if Paul mentions that and Jesus mentions that, what should be our response to this good news? What's your response when you hear good news? <laughs> yeah, it's usually kind of exciting, isn't it? I mean, it give, gives you some tingles because it's good news. Well, what's our response to this good news? Let's have some fun right now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to begin to read the verse 14. This is the Amplified Translation. It says, for the love of Christ controls and compels us. Wait a minute. His love for us controls and compels us. To compel somebody is to push them forward. To drive them forward to do something different or to go to a higher place, right? Listen, for the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have concluded this. That one died for all, therefore all died. (laughs) And he died for all so that those, excuse me, so that all those who live, I'm going to make sure we get this straight now because he just said that we all just died, right? And he said he died for all so that all those, so that all those who Live. So what kind of death was he talking about? Because now they're talking about living. You're talking about dying to your old you. Dying to that you that committed a sin that you thought was beyond being accepted for you to be able to return to God. Dying to that person who you believe you were a second class Christian. Dying to fear. (laughs) Dying to all of those things. That means that your conscience, that mindset that you had, had to die. You know, one of the great things about forgiveness is you have to forgive yourself first. You really do. You have to forgive yourself first. So how do you do that? That means you're going to have to die to your past because your past cannot go forward with you. Because as long as you hold on to the past... You give those sins, you give that behavior power and it will continue to drag you down. So he says for those who died, but now for all those who live. So I died, but now I am living. I was dead, but now I am born again. I am born again. I'm a brand new entity. Let's read on. It says, and he died for all so that all those who live would no longer live for who? Oh, Pastor Ben, you digging in this morning. But here's what the scripture says. I didn't write this. It's been here. It says, who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. Wow. So, I live for him. Paul says I am his ambassador. No matter what my circumstances are. I'm in prison right now. But that doesn't matter to me. Because I am his ambassador. So my question to you today. Are you living in circumstances you can't stand right now? Are you living in mindsets that are just driving you and making you angry and doing all of those kind of things? Who are you living for? 
who's truly alive in you. Because if we have died, we now live for him. And he promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So there has to be a a certain comfort level. Think about this. This is the same God who controls the wind. He controls the elements. He made the waves stop. He made the winds stop. He'll do that for you. So hear me today. You died, but now you live a brand new born again life, but you live this new life to serve him. Not you, but to serve him. Can you trust him today that if you give him your life, he'll take care of you? Oh, let's go on because the word is good. Y'all still with me this morning? It says, so from now on, I love it. Everybody say from now on. That, <laughs> so from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. Who, according to worldly standards and values. Wait a minute. So if I'm born again and I say I'm born again, then my view of the world has to change. It has to get in line that I cannot see the world like I've seen it before. I cannot make judgments about the world by worldly standards. I got to do something different. So whose eyes do I see through now? Whose eyes do I use now? I must see the world through Jesus' eyes. Listen to me. I can't change Jesus' vision. I have to die to mine and accept his. Y'all still here this morning? So, So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. According to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view. This is what the Jews had did. They made a judgment. Ain't nothing good come out of Galilee. Ain't nothing good. Ain't nothing good come from there. He ain't, you know, he's, he has Beelzebub. Ain't Joseph his father? Those are all worldly standards that weren't true. He's the son of God. He's the living bread of heaven. <laughs> now we no longer know him in this way. Why don't we know him that way? Because we're born again. We see differently now. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. If you want to dance, just go ahead. I'll give you a praise break right now. I will because listen to me. Think how beautiful this is. You are reborn and renewed. You're not the same person. Oh, I look in the mirror. I may see the same image, but the person who committed those sins and vile things and did all that stuff, that person is dead. You have now been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, you are born again, a brand new creation. Oh, we're not done. This is good stuff. You ready? It says the old things, listen closely, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know about you. That's good news for me. 
Ooh, Lord Jesus, that is good news for me because there were some moral trip falls I've had. There were some horrible spiritual things that I had done. And I know I'm not alone. I know I'm speaking to my brothers and my sisters. But guess what? Because God's love was so great and he extended his kingdom back into the earth and he sent Jesus to be the head of this kingdom. The blood of Jesus has washed me clean so I can live in this kingdom now. I can have this freedom because I am born again. I am renewed. I'm a brand new person. Well, Pastor Ben, you, 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 you make it sound too easy. That always has thrown me about the question of grace. I think you need to ask Jesus just how easy it was for him to provide for us this undeserved kindness. It wasn't easy at all. Y'all, y'all feel me this morning? The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening (laughs) brings a new life. I'm going to stop there because I need you to get this today. Spiritual awakening brings a new life. Some folks are not woke yet. They got a religious awakening but not a real spiritual one. See, some folks know about their denomination. They know the rules and regulations that go along with their denomination. I'm not saying anybody's bad. I'm just saying that you are awake to those rules and regulations. But this is a spiritual awakening. This is understanding what God has done, what he has done for you. And when you understand it, you'll understand you have new life and nothing can take that new life away. Why? Because I didn't, I didn't provide it for myself. I didn't create this. My God's love for me created an avenue for me to accept his son and give me a new life and a new way of thinking and a new way of being. That I can have joy right in the midst of turmoil. I can have joy right in the midst of chaos. Why? Because I'm not in the chaos. Because my God controls the wind and the waves. Therefore, he provides for me. I will forever be on the boat when Jesus came up and (laughs) said to the wind and to the waves, peace, be still. I will forever be on that boat because that's what he has afforded for me. That these circumstances, I don't have to be in them. My job is to be a light to guide people out of the chaos to something better, to something greater. But I've been born again to do that. I am now his ambassador. Do I deserve to be? Heck no. But that's what makes this grace so beautiful. Oh, let me finish reading. It says, but all these things are from who? God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him Mm, mm, mm. and gave us, 
gave me and you and everybody out there watching today, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that by our example, we might bring others to him. Are you reconciled? <laughs> Listen to me. It's no longer about us. It's about Jesus. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Are you ready to die and then be reborn a brand new creation? Are you ready to let the old go and accept the new in your life? Are you ready to be an ambassador? The ambassador takes his light into darkness. That's why the thing says, so let your light shine. Why? Because light gets rid of darkness. Darkness represents misunderstanding, confusion, hurt, pain. Light represents illumination, radiance. We are to let our light shine. How did I get this light? I accepted Jesus Christ. I didn't have my own personal light switch. Jesus is my light switch. I have a new life. Therefore, I'm going to serve him. I have the ministry of reconciliation. So now you know why Pastor Ben stands up here and says what he says. Because I have the ministry of reconciliation. And so do you. Now, we all play different parts and we'll be getting to that in this series as we make this thing happen. But we have this ministry of reconciliation. So, again, are you reconciled? If you are, you have a new life. You have a new awakening. Let me finish reading this. It says, that is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. Nothing makes me more angry than to hear people or preachers talk about sins. When there's a Jesus who died for him. We are so sin conscious when we should be God conscious. Jesus has taken care of this thing once and for all. If he didn't, then we're really in trouble. We could close this place up and make a downhill bowling alley. Oh, that's right. It's pretty much already closed, isn't it? Well, now we can concentrate on what God wants us to concentrate on. That we are his people. Do you get this today? Is this making sense to you? And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That is restoration to favor with God. Man, I don't know about you. I can dance right now. I can. You've been restored to favor with God, the creator of everything. You have favor with him. Why? Because you accepted his son. You've been reconciled. You are brand new. You don't have to worry about those sins of yesterday. You don't have to concentrate today on failure. Concentrate on serving. Concentrate on shining your light. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, we are ambassadors for Christ. Isn't that what Paul said? 
Guess what? You've been risen to the same level to have the same responsibility of Paul. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We as Christ's representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made Christ who knew no sin to judiciously be sin on our behalf so that in him, Christ, we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. That's our response. So, I can hear the army marching right now. The, re- the reconcilers. Those who are in the ministry of reconciliation. I can hear us marching right now, letting the world know. Accept our Jesus. Be born again. And the stuff that's plaguing you right now, the stuff that has your mind all occupied right now, the stuff that has you so angry and upset, you can let go of. Because listen to me, we serve a God who cannot fail. He said that hell would not prevail over the church, over the ecclesia. Over the legislative assembly, hell cannot prevail. So if hell can't prevail and I see hell, then I'm looking at something that is defeated. I'm not looking at something that has the ability to change my mind or to sway my conscience. I'm looking at something that is dead and it does not have the power to sway me from my mission, which is the ministry of reconciliation. I need to know that the world, let people know that the world needs Jesus. My job is to tell them there's a better, a greater, more powerful way where you can be reborn. You can have a brand new life, become a brand new creation. And the stuff that you're embroiled in right now would no longer guide your thoughts and behavior. But you got a choice to make. Because he does not force feed us his love. Revelations chapter three says he stands outside the door and knock. If anyone would open up, he will come in and eat with them and them with him. It didn't say he's going to kick down your door and force feed you. (laughs) Do you hear me today? Making sense to you? Yeah, I know. I know. Pastor Ben is on fire. Yeah, I am. But I need you to know why. I need you to get this because it's important. We're just going to read a couple verses from this last uh, part here because I want to make sure I stay timely. This is John chapter 17, and this is the Passion Translation. Listen closely. It says, this is Jesus speaking. But now I am returning to you. Wait a minute. Where did Jesus come from? He came from heaven. Are there anybody's arms long enough to fight with heaven? Is there anybody that can change the attitude, the direction, or the plans from heaven? 
No, there is no one. Jesus came from heaven for a purpose. So he could restore the kingdom of God in the earth. This kingdom in which we now live in. Listen closely. It says, but now I am returning to you. So father, I pray that they, that they is us will experience. Oh, I'm, I, I got to stop. I <laughs> it didn't say just no. It said experience. Listen, I remember a friend of mine taking me to an area that had a, an electrified fence. And he said, Ben, there is electricity running through that barbed wire fence. He said, you need to experience what that feels like. Now, I know now because he told me there was electricity running through that fence. But I went on and grabbed that bad boy anyhow. And guess what? I experienced <laughs> the fact that there was electricity running through that fence. When he woke me up a little while later, <laughs> I had an experience. This means with God. I need you to know this new life is supposed to be experienced. I don't care what you say, you know. You have to experience what it's like to wake up and know that your past is over. To wake up and know that you've been totally and completely forgiven. To wake up and know that today you can serve God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. And you don't have to have any second thoughts. That's experiencing this thing. But now I am returning to you. So, Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have given them your message. And that is why the unbelieving world hates them. I'm going to stop there. I'll add this on to next week. The unbelieving world hates. The unbelieving world hates. Say it one more time because I want us to get it. The unbelieving world hates. Because hate and believing cannot go together. So if you are hating right now, there's something wrong with your belief. There's something wrong where you have leaned the ladder of your life against some wall. Oh, I need you to get it today because the unbelieving people of the world will hate you. Why would they hate you? Because you believe and you have a different life expectancy than them. You, they have, you have a different trajectory in life than they do. They want you to be embroiled in the same stuff they're embroiled in. And they're mad at you when you're not. I want you to be mad about this situation. Listen, that situation is not eternal. I'm not giving my strength over to something that's not eternal. I got an eternal job to do. And that is to let the world know that they've been reconciled to Christ. Are y'all hearing me today? So you're going to have to figure this out and draw a line in the sand because I need you to know the believing world will hate you, especially when you believe they'll hate you. 
Now, don't get this twisted because I'm not saying they'll hate you because of what you believe. They'll hate you because of who you are. See, a lot of people say they believe. There's a verse in the Bible that on Judgment Day, folks will run up and go, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. And I did this in your name. And God will say, I don't know you. Why? Because they did all those things for the wrong motives. But that's a sermon for another day. Y'all good today? Has this been helpful to you? This is important for us to really get. Jesus came to bring the kingdom back. Nothing could stop that. So the kingdom is back. Now it's a place you can live in. It's a realm that doesn't have geographical borders. So it's bigger than the United States of America. It covers the whole planet Earth. So there are brothers and sisters in Peru, in Brazil, in Uganda, in, in, in Russia, in the Antarctica. All their brothers and sisters who are all living in the kingdom of God alongside of us because it has no geographical borders. In Genesis, it says that he's going to bring all of the tribes together. All of them. Are you ready for this today? Are you ready for all the tribes together in your heart, in your mind? Let's go and march in the army of the reconcilers. Tell people they've been reconciled. Love you. Looking forward to seeing you again. Not next week. <laughs> Just dawned on me. Next week is Thanksgiving, correct? Yeah, I heard you answer. I said, brother, don't mess with my turkey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so next week, we're not going to be here. We will see you again, I believe, the first week in December. But enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy what you can of Thanksgiving. If you cat family coming, enjoy that. If not, get on the internet, zoom them, and enjoy them that way. But we're looking forward to seeing you the week after next to continue on with this series. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for being here. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord.